0: We're going to head over now to uh, Alan Frost, who's going to read to us um, the Old Testament reading from Psalm 32. So let's go to Alan. Good morning, church. Today's Old
1: Testament reading is from Psalm 32, verses 1 to 8. Blessed is the one whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the one whose sin the Lord does not count against them and in whose spirit is no deceit. When I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night your hand was heavy on me. My strength was sat as in the heat of summer. Then I acknowledged my sin to you and did not cover up my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord and you forgave the guilt of my sin. Therefore, let all the faithful pray to you while you may be found. Surely the rising of the mighty waters will not reach them. You are my hiding place. You will protect me from trouble and surround me with songs of deliverance. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my loving eye on you. This is the word of the Lord.
0: And thanks be to God for, for Alan reading God's word. Well, we're going back to the Frost household and we're going to hear from Christine as she brings the New Testament reading to us.
2: Good morning, church. This morning's New Testament reading is from Romans chapter 5, verses 1 to 8. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. You see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Heavenly Father, we thank Thank you for this reading from your Word.
0: wonderful christine thank you so much for for doing that and uh, recording alan as well really good to see you online last week cole brought to us the theme of justification and this is a really high mountaintop um theme about how do we get right with god and if you think of the cross justification is is all about that And then we're thinking about reconciliation and forgiveness this morning. And of course, that continues to be about the vertical relationship. But it's also about the horizontal relationship. Have you been on a beach where um, you've been on holiday and there's been loads of holidaymakers who've churned up the sand? They've built all sorts of things the children have. And uh, it looks quite disheveled. And then the sea comes in, the tide uh, rises, and the next morning it's flat as as anything. And in a way, that's a picture of forgiveness, about cleansing, about making all things new. Or if you're into computers and uh, all sorts of software and files, it's a bit like Uh, control or delete and it kind of wipes out a a load of bad stuff in our lives forgiveness is is never easy and don't let anyone pretend to say it is easy because it's a very big thing we all know how hard it is to forgive someone and john referred to that in terms of being back at school when when people might say harsh things about us Uh, i was listening to a podcast um, recently where um, this lockdown may have worked well for those who've had to have braces on their teeth um, perhaps for a year and, uh, and they haven't been to college or school and so they've they've got away as it were without all the ridicule of that as we think about reconciliation we're thinking about the high cost um, of um, forgiveness the high cost it cost Jesus and um, P.T. Forsyth was a, a Christian theologian, a Congregationalist minister from a hundred years ago and he said that uh, we have to get to a point of the despair of guilt before we realize how much we've been forgiven. A modern psychologist René Brown would talk about a a similar parallel experience about arriving at a point of the despair of shame, genuine, authentic shame for things we may have done. And when we arrive at those points of genuine guilt and shame, then we realise the breathlessness and the wonder of God's forgiveness to you and me. So I want us to briefly think about Psalm 32 uh, that Alan read to us and talk about the experiencing the relief of forgiveness. So do you ever find it difficult uh, to forgive other people? Actually, do you find it difficult to forgive yourself when you've done something wrong, when you've made uh, a boo-boo, as it were? And the key to forgiving others is actually knowing yourself yourself how much God has forgiven you. C.S. Lewis, uh, the great philosopher, said to be Christian means to forgive the inexcusable because God has forgiven the inexcusable in you and me. So as far as forgiving yourself, he said, if God forgives us, we must forgive ourselves. Otherwise, it's almost like setting up ourselves as a a higher court than even God. Jesus said a similar thing about the the two royal commands, love God. And the second, love your neighbour as yourself. Forgive your neighbour as you forgive yourself. And so it's a beautiful thing to experience that uh, that relief uh, from full forgiveness. And Psalm 32, David reminds us about the spiritual agony of not being forgiven. He speaks about my bones in verse 3. When I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. And have ever you been in that experience, perhaps where there's a lack of forgiveness uh, towards Uh, Someone in your family or someone at work or someone in your neighborhood where you've actually burned with real anger and you find actually that that turns inwards towards us. And it goes on to speak for day and night your hand was heavy upon me. My strength was sapped as in the heat of summer. Guilt and shame are heavy emotions to live with and we have to deal with them and uh, the second thing as we think about the relief of forgiveness we're secondly thinking about being transparent with god Um, kate and i recently watched uh, a film called the interview with god um, and uh, amazing film where this man called on god in prayer a journalist and was had done uh, theology and journalism at college and had been out in the afghanistan war reporting as a journalist uh, and and uh, i won't give it all away i uh, was married and and things were going wrong and it's a very clever film in some respects because what you think is happening isn't happening uh and uh, and god meets him in the form of this man he meets in a park and they have this conversation And it's a wonderful conversation. And, you know, we can pretend that we can't, uh, we can hide things from God. But the truth is we can't. The route to forgiveness is simply to come to the Lord with no mask or no pretense. And that's really the moral of the story of that film, The Interview with God. And we find that in verse 5 of Psalm 32, Then I acknowledged my sin to you and did not cover up my iniquity. I said I will confess my transgressions to the Lord and you forgave the guilt of my sin. So there's relief of forgiveness. We need to be transparent with God. And then thirdly, there's a fresh start that David talks about. He describes the enormous blessing of knowing you're forgiven blessed is the one whose transgressions are forgiven whose sins are covered and friends if you're a follower of Jesus you've dedicated your life to him your sins my sins are wiped clean imagine if you keep a diary and, and I keep a diary of all my appointments and uh, our diaries were recorded not only with our engagements and appointments, but imagine if your diary and my diary had a list and a time of all our sins that occurred during the week. And that would be a pretty kind of, we wouldn't want to share electronically our diaries, would we? And so the first two verses of Psalm 32 give us three pictures of what God does with our sins. First, the Lord does not count our sins against us. He acts as though they do not exist. Secondly, they're covered. The sins are covered. And we know that in Romans 5, uh, where Christine read to us, we're justified through the sacrificial death of our Lord Jesus Christ. And we are forgiven because of him. We're clothed in the robes of Jesus we're truly they're literally removed from us they're forgiven and uh, it says oh our sins it says in the message for our bible are ripped out and destroyed god throws the sins away and the apostle paul quotes this psalm as evidence uh, of the death of jesus for us god credits the righteousness as it were the assets of jesus He passes them over to us. That's the legacy of Jesus for us. Through the uh, cross, God restores you to a right relationship with him. And therefore you can pray to him. He becomes your shelter, your rock, your hiding place. He protects you from trouble. He guides you and leads you. And his unfailing love surrounds you. And so we're reminded that forgiveness is not a reason to intentionally sin. Forgiveness is an incentive not to sin. And we want to stay on God's path, this path of reconciliation. And he promises to guide you. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel and watch over you, it says in verse 8 of Psalm 32. So part of this service is saying thank you to God. The Christian duty of worship is thanking God the Father for the Son, for Jesus who died for you and me. He paid the high price of our forgiveness. Remember, forgiveness is not easy. Jesus did die on the cross for you. Roman soldiers were experts in the art of crucifying people. It was the most wicked and barbaric form of execution known in that time. And the centurion would have faced severe punishment if Jesus hadn't died on that cross, if he'd just fainted. That's why the spear in the side of Jesus was so poignant. And we hear about Joseph of Arimathea who took the body of Jesus down, who wrapped Jesus in linen and placed him in a tomb cut out of a rock. Jesus truly died for us. There was no coming back. He truly went through us. This is not a movie story that's fictitious. This is God who died for us. And so Jesus opened the gateway of our reconciliation, our entry into the presence of god the curtain the temple was ripped in two the curtain that was in the holy of holies that separated the people of god from the presence of god and only the priest on the day of atonement could go in that was ripped so that we could have access to a holy god the fact is that curtain was torn top to bottom and it emphasises that God was the one who caused it to be torn. And this symbolised the fact that through the death of Jesus, you are given access to God. You're reconciled. God credits you with righteousness and that allows you the immense privilege of an intimate relationship with him. Friends, I want to move on to the final theme of practising forgiveness practicing forgiveness first of all receive it today if you're viewing this and you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ is your savior today is the day of salvation today is the day to say yes to God who's provided the way forward the way where we're forgiven our sin our guilt our shame a way forward into everlasting life A way where sin and death has been conquered. A way evil, Satan has been defeated. It's on offer for us today. Today is the day of salvation. Say yes to the Lord Jesus. And allow him to transform your life. To allow that joy and that peace. That inner joy that can't be taken away. It's supernatural. Secondly, can I just say please stop beating yourself up with guilt and there's that lovely phrase about the problem of a living sacrifice if you think of an old testament altar it keeps crawling off the altar and our sin is forgiven our sin is forgotten by God it's deleted it's pushed away and Romans reminds us in chapter 5, while we yet sinners, Christ died for us. And friends, if we, if we allow bitterness, if we allow unforgiveness to reside in our lives, it's like venom, it's like poison. It will actually consume us rather than the person that, who's wounded us. So friends, I would really encourage you to practice the lost art of forgiveness we live in a a time where social media and herd like sort of swarming of commentary and the lack of thinking and judgment about all sorts of things in our world and you know it's so sad when we see people uh, who've taken their own lives because of just the violent words and actions of others on social media and we need to protect those people but we also need to practice forgiveness for those who've wounded us otherwise it will consume us. Thirdly forgiveness is a path it's not a once for all it's a journey and there may be moments in your life where you feel you've really let go of what happened to you in the past And that's brilliant. And if that's your experience, praise God and hang on to that. But sometimes um, it can that that bitterness, that rancor can creep back into our lives. And we begin to feel angry again about what happened, what's been damaged, what's been taken away from us. And so we need to go back to the cross literally and kneel before our saviour. And bring that issue before God and ask for his power to release us from the venom of unforgiveness. We need to practice forgiveness daily. It's got to be a spiritual habit and I'm one of those who say I think it's nonsense to say you've also got to forget what's happened to you. Sometimes that's just simply Um fairy tales. I think the power of forgiveness is that you have forgiven and that takes the sting out of the memory. And it doesn't mean to say, you know, when we've forgiven someone we're best buddies, that we're reconciled and we're we're all together. I suppose the real test of whether we've forgiven someone who's injured us, whether at work, taken something away from us in our wider families or in our household. Um, the real test is can you pray God's blessing for them and over them and I would encourage you to do that and at first it may really feel very hard but I would ask you to step up and ask God to bless them to make his face to shine upon them to be gracious unto them sometimes you know people will never say sorry people will never acknowledge what has happened to you but you have to practice the art of forgiving, even though if there's no contrition or sorrow from the other side. So, friends, we need to practice our forgiveness. Uh, we need to um, practice it for ourselves as well as towards others. It's the most powerful <clears throat> force in the world. I just want to close with this story of. Um, a hidden secluded corner in New York City in a cemetery in a small gravestone that was polished smooth by the wind and the weather of many years. The stone actually has no name of the person who was buried nor is there any date inscribed on it. Still legible on the face of the stone however are these letters that neither wind nor weather have been able to erase. It's a solitary word that's just inscribed on the tombstone. Forgiven. No monument, no obelisk, no vaulted mausoleum marks the final resting place of this anonymous person who lies buried there. Only a simple stone with a single word. Forgiven. Friends, in Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. Let's rejoice in that and celebrate that.